Hello and welcome to the Kalamazoo Church of Christ podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We're a startup church we just planted in September 2020. And at the Kalamazoo Church, we believe that Christianity is done best when it is done together. And so if you live in the Kalamazoo area, we would love to connect. Be it coming to a Sunday service, one of our small groups, or even just grabbing coffee with a member to learn more. You can visit kalamazoo.church in order to do that. We pray that you are inspired by what you hear today. You know, we're, we're talking today about just the idea. We're talking today about the idea of conflict. And the reality is that, that conflict is inevitable. There, there's no way that we can go about living our lives free of conflict. And if we do, the reality is then we don't stand for very much. You know what I'm saying? We, we have to be those who are, it, it's inevitable that we are going to be in conflict. It's also knowing that inevitability does not always make it easy to interact with this conflict. We're actually looking at the, the church in Jerusalem, or rather the, the, the global churches meeting in Jerusalem to discuss this thing that we've actually talked about. It's been all throughout the book of Acts. And so there's there's some definitely some takeaways to happen, but it really is the interaction between the Jews and the Gentiles and what is going to be the church's stance. And certainly there are individuals who are saying, the prominent ones that, that are saying, you don't need to convert to Judaism in order to convert to Christianity. You don't need to hold to the Jewish practices and then become a Christian. You can just go from being a pagan to being a Christian. And so we have talked about it. It's been a theme over the last at least three weeks and actually a little bit earlier than that as well. Right now in, in the book of Acts, we're about 25, between 15 and 25 years after Jesus rose from the dead. And so from the beginning, we understand that Peter preached in Acts to it. This is Jesus' resurrection. He preached to everyone and he opened up the kingdom of heaven. He said, it's, it's open to everybody, all nations. Prior to that, in, in different books in the Bible, Isaiah being one, it's also preached about that all nations are going to stream to this new kingdom. And so it would seem pretty obvious that these two groups of people, the Gentiles, would, would be able to come into the kingdom of heaven without having to convert and do this all this different stuff. And yet, there's been 25 years now in the church of conflict ensuing primarily what it appears to be is conflict between people saying, that's not true. You have to follow Judaism. And then the reality is the apostles and, and other brothers saying, no, you don't have to. That's, that, is, that is obsolete. It calls, we looked at it last week, but it, it literally calls the law a babysitter, right? It says it's a babysitter, serves its purpose, but you can't grow. You can only grow to a certain length. You know, t- today there, there's a, a, Council that occurs. There's issues that are still happening. And so let's let's go ahead and read. But I, I how it relates to conflict is the truth is there's going to be conflict amongst you and I. There's going to be conflict in in the way that we we worship and certainly in the Christian church. In the church in just in, in North America, there's so much conflict. There are people that think one way, people that think the other way. And right now we're actually just talking about 
inside of the church, those who identify as being Christians, there's so much conflict. We don't have to go very far in our in our history. We don't have to look very hard in history books to see that conflict is in so many ways built into our DNA and really poor management of conflict. I, I want to look at how the the first century church dealt with conflict amongst believers, and hopefully we can gain some convictions as we are inevitably going to have to interact in this way at, at, from time to time with one another, and certainly with others who identify as being Christians, who we have to do everything we can to follow what the Bible teaches. Really, this overall, this entire lesson is, is a lesson that that is talking about black and white versus gray. And really, black and white, we understand black and white matters. It is either this or it is that. There is a clear yes and a clear no. And matters that are gray, there's a little bit of wiggle room and there's room to, to talk about. And we're going to look at two interactions, that one that's black and white and the other that is that is gray. And then the reality is that the whatever... The matter is, if it's black and white or if it's gray, the world will try to turn it to the opposite. So if there's a matter that's clearly yes or no, the world's going to make it as gray as possible. And matters that are gray, the world is going to do everything it can to make it black and white. We, as, as followers of Christ, need to do everything in our power to follow what the Bible teaches and not what the world prompts us to do. Let's, let's read here. Pulling it up. We're going to read in in Acts 15. So again, what just has happened is these individuals have been spouting at the mouth this way, that way, the other way. And now we're at a spot where they're meeting up and they're deciding this has to be our firm stance. So they're meeting in Jerusalem to do that. We have to formalize it. We're going to pick up in in verse six or we'll pick up in verse verse five. Then some of the believers who belonged to the party of the Pharisees stood up and said, the Gentiles must be circumcised and required to keep the law of Moses. The apostles and elders met to discuss, or sorry, to consider this question. After much discussion, Peter got up and addressed them. Brothers, you know that some time ago, God made a choice among you that the Gentiles might hear from my lips the message of the gospel and believe. God, who knows the heart, showed that he accepted them by giving the Holy Spirit to them, just as he did to us. You guys remember Cornelius and his family. He did not discriminate between us and them, for he purified their hearts by faith. Now then, why do you try to test God by putting on the necks of Gentiles a yoke that neither we nor our ancestors have been able to bear? No, we believe it is through the grace of our Lord Jesus that we are saved just as they are. It says the whole assembly became silent as they listened to Barnabas and Paul telling about the signs and wonders that God had done among the Gentiles through them. That was what we just talked about last week. That was Paul's first missionary journey. I, I want to take a moment to really consider Peter in this situation. And if we are going to interact with conflict, this is conflict between believers. You see what what Peter did, this is the same Peter, so sit with me for a moment. This is the same Peter who rebuked Jesus for saying that he was going to raise from the dead. He was going to have to be crucified and raised from the dead. And Peter 
rebuked Jesus. This is the same Peter who actually prompted a bunch of conflict by, by cutting off the soldier's ear when they were uh, about to, to lead Jesus away to be crucified. This is that Peter. And notice how he interacts with conflict. I think there's a great lesson for us. One, he lets people talk. He, he is not the first to speak. That's at least the image that we get. And this is the maturity that, that comes from experience. This is pure wisdom that Peter just sits and lets whatever happen, happen. And then he gets up to speak. And he speaks very decisively. I think for, for you and I, the lesson here, so, so frequently we can be those that, that want to come up with a great answer and be the first to do so. In, in matters of conflict, when we understand that it, there is actually a black and white issue, there is a right and there is a wrong, it still pays to be thoughtful and considerate and to let people speak first. Peter does something else. He actually reminds, he reminds them of what already happened. He reminds them of the previous conversations that have been had. He, he reminds them of where they have come from and what they are saved from. And for you and I, as we're interacting with, with conflict and we are trying to help people, this is what we have to do as well. Certainly as we're opening the Bible with individuals who see salvation differently than when we, what we see it, who see the nature of Jesus differently than, than how we, we know the Bible teaches, individuals who see sin as being very different than, than what the Bible teaches it involves so much patience, so much thoughtfulness, and, and so much decision just to sit back and, and ask questions and listen. Truly, this, this is how we're able to, to make decisions when, when the world is doing everything it can to make matters of sin opinions, when the world is doing everything it can to make the validity of the Bible an opinion, the call for you and I is to sit and be thoughtful and then be very decisive. As you, as you look at your life and really, really consider what, what area in your life is the world trying to make gray that you know from the Bible is black and white. You know, the, the world is, is so quick to, to say that, that we don't have to have strong convictions about going to church. The world is so quick to say, you know, if, it is, if it's not your gift, don't worry about it. The world is so quick to say, if, if you have a conflict with somebody, if there's un, something that, that's unresolved, let's just avoid each other and call it a day and everything is going to, to work out. The world is so quick to do that. The world is very quick to, to, to look at finances and say, well, you're giving too much. The world is very quick to say, you're giving too much of your time. For you and I, we, we have to be those who are able to listen and hear that, but understand that there, there, is, there is black and white. And certainly, maybe there's gray in it too, but so much, I would, I would challenge us to not be swayed and, and prompted to just be moved along by the world, but instead... To make a point to uh, to not run away from the conflict that would ensue if we identify things. This there's a right and wrong and stuff that the world tries to make gray. You know, there's there's a scripture here 
It's in it's in Second Timothy three. I, I just I just want to share it, even as we're thinking about this conflict. It doesn't sound fun, but it's it's a reality. It just says it here. It's Second Timothy three. In verse 10, it says, You, however, this is Paul at the end of his life talking to Timothy, you, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecution, sufferings, what kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra. We just talked about that last week, and, and you guys would remember what happened, the persecutions I endured. Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. Now listen here. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted while evildoers and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. And just says, Hey, follow what the Bible teaches. It brings up, this is where then, then this is scripture we're all familiar with. It says all scripture right at the end of it is God breathed useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness. So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The, the, the truth is, though, that if we want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus, we are going to be persecuted. And we're going to be persecuted for identifying things as black and white that, that others will, will say are gray. And what I want to make a caveat is I'm not saying to go out looking for trouble, but I am saying if somebody's going to call themselves a Christian, then it is our responsibility to help them along the way. And so there's so many, maybe perhaps even listening now or that are going to listen in the days to come, who don't identify as being a Christian. And I'm not saying that that the, the call then is we need to make them feel like they're doing something. No, no, no. There's enough issues inside of those who identify as being Christians who don't agree on what the Bible teaches about sin and salvation and who Jesus is that, that, that we have our we have our work cut out for us, if you know what I'm saying. Let's focus on that. And then, then certainly there are so many who are going to come to a knowledge. Let's keep, uh, let, let's keep going. So we've you got this first part, and then and then what happens is is very powerful. Actually, let me get let me get back to it. What happens is very powerful. The, the the individuals leave on a note that is firm and solid, and then they they go about writing this letter, and then they send Barnabas and they send Paul out, and or rather they sent out a few others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. And now we're going to actually pick up. In verse 36. So the, we, we have this one conflict and we, it appears to be solved. Something that's black and white, solved. Perfect. Amongst, amongst believers. Now we got an issue that's gray. And this is going to get a little bit muddier, understandably so. However, there's lessons for us in this too. It says in, in Acts 15, 36. Sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, let us go back and visit the believers in all the towns where we preach the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. It's, it's, I'm, I'm fired up to go to church in uh, in Milwaukee today. Uh, not that I, I was the one to, to show them the Bible, but I was the one that actually grew in my faith here so much. And so it's going to be so much fun. I, I feel that the same joy I'm sure that Paul felt. I feel just a, a little bit of that uh, being back here, even just for an hour or two at service. Barnabas wanted to take John, verse 37, also called Mark, with him. But Paul did not think it wise to take him because he had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in the work. They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and left, commended by the believers to the grace of the Lord. He went through 
Syria and Cilicia strengthening the churches. Stop here. And so now we have this, this interaction. They, they want to go back and see, and we understand in, it's just a one little bit in Acts 13 that it just says that John Mark left them really early on, right as soon as they got, if you remember the, the map from last week, right as soon as they got on the island, he said, I can't do it, and he went back. And Barnabas says, we got to bring him, something's different, he's changed, and, and Paul is saying, no way, this guy is not cut out for it, he's not ready for it, I disagree wholeheartedly, and, and this, we would understand, is a matter that's gray. There's not necessarily a clear right or wrong. We, they, they, these two spiritual individuals do not see things eye to eye. But it's not an issue of salvation. It is not an issue of, of sin. It's an issue of, of what people think is wise or what people think is not wise. And so what do these individuals decide to do? Well, I don't get the image that what they decide to do is to break up and never see each other again. I don't get the image. Actually, I know that's not true because later on, right at the end of Paul's life, he actually asked for John Mark. He says, "Come, back, please, we send him to us, please. Send him to me. I get much joy from him. And so what, what this is, though, so this is not a, a separating of churches, how when, when you and I, when, when in our DNA there's conflict, we decide let's break up instead of let's, let's go our separate ways and still consider each other as brothers. So there's this this matter of gray, and I, I I think for you and I, it's so important matters that are gray, to not to not take firm stances on them. The world is doing everything it can to create matters that are gray to make them very black and white. The world does everything. The, the actually the the two words put together it's a false dichotomy. The dichotomy being that's either one or the other. And false being that it's it's not true. The world does everything it can to create false dichotomies of issues that are very nuanced, and, and yet they treat them like it's black and white. Either you accept me 100% or you're a bigot. Either you see things this way and wide open, or you must hate me. Either... You know, it really, it, it's it's the idea of not condoning an action means that you hate the actor, the person who who acted. And this this is what the world is so good at doing. And I've seen for 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 you and I actually, I, I I've seen it. I've seen well intentioned Christians, people who are very sincere, get caught up in in matters that are gray and get caught up and take stances that are totally inappropriate to take that actually turn people off. Christianity more than it helps them. We see this disagreement here. We see that, that Paul and Barnabas, they go their separate ways and they preach the word and God is totally glorified. Now let's keep reading. This is actually going to be a little bit, uh, a little bit heady. It's, 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 it's interesting. It's going to be helpful for us though. It's in Acts 16 now, and we're actually going to uh, make our way to a landing here. It's in Acts 16. Paul came to Derby and then to Lystra, where a disciple named Timothy lived, whose mother was Jewish and a believer, but whose father was a Greek. The believers at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of him. Paul wanted to take him along on the journey, so he circumcised him because of the Jews who lived in that area, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. 
As they traveled from town to town, they delivered the decisions reached by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem for the people to obey. So the churches were strengthened in the faith and grew daily in numbers. And so here, so listen up here. This is what's going on now. Paul is bringing about Timothy, this guy, who's a teenager at the time, perhaps. We just read a letter years later that he's writing to him after Timothy's leading a church. But it says something really interesting. We just, we've been talking about for the last three lessons about how following Judaism is not necessary to be a Christian. And yet, it says pretty clearly that this Jewish practice of circumcision was performed by Paul to Timothy and and for some reason... And so what I actually want to bring up here is the, the truth of uh, how Paul lived his life and how you and I have to live our lives. Is that even understanding an issue as being gray does not mean that, that it, it forfeits us from having to do everything we can to attract others around it. And, and it doesn't mean that it forfeits us from, or it doesn't mean that we can infringe on other people's consciences is what I would say. Here, I, I doing a little bit of study, it, the reality is his father was Greek, and so he would have been seen, if he, by some, if he wouldn't have gotten circumcised, he could have been seen like uh, someone who, who, is, who is fake. Because from the beginning, it was understood his mother was Jewish, and so it would have been like, man, you're, you, you're not, you haven't followed this even a little bit, although your mom wasn't, the, it, from what my understanding is, they actually might have looked down on his mom because he was not circumcised. It would have been an issue of contention. It would have been one that would have prompted maybe many to to not follow, but it actually might have just been a conversation that Paul was like, I don't, I don't, we don't need to have this conversation anymore. It's going to stop us from having real conversations about real issues if we focus on this tertiary one. So he, and, and whatever, I think he opens it up, opens the door for, uh, for Timothy to be circumcised. It's, it's, such a great lesson here. It's in uh, 1 Corinthians 9, actually. Paul doesn't speak about this specifically, but he speaks about something we really need to embrace. 1 Corinthians 9 and 19, it says, though, I'm a, though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. Here we go. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. The weak, I became weak, we're down a little bit, to win the weak, I have become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings. Family, for, for you and I, there are, I put before you, there are so many gray issues in our lives that well-intentioned Christians are, are making black and white. Or maybe there's, there's issues that are extremely black and white, that well-intentioned Christians are making gray. Or there is, there is subsidiary issues. There are consequences of sin that is, again, we, we talked about the analogy of the weeds being mowed over as opposed to the root being addressed. If we are going to be those who identify conflict and are able to navigate it well, then we have to do everything in our power to not pre- pre- prevent people from following. We have to do everything in our power to make the gospel as accessible as Jesus made it. I would put before us this week that if, if we would just look out for it, I think there's there's going to be opportunities just this week 
for us to take a stand. I think there's going to be opportunities where people in our lives who identify as being Christians now are going to say things in a certain way or make things a little bit, they're, they're going to undermine the Bible. Or they're going to say things that, that are not accurate. And it's, I'd say there's a, there's a reality that it, it's on us. If somebody's going to call themselves a Christian to hold them to that. But I'd also say that there are going to be issues who, again, people who are Christians or identify as being so are going to make the big issue. Politics, even mask wearing, getting vaccinated or not. You can you can make a laundry list. And that's in the last, what, less than a year. And that's not even dealing with issues that have been going on for forever. We need to be extremely wise if we are going to handle conflict how Jesus did, how the apostles did, by, by not making tertiary, tertiary issues the main one. If we do that, I think we're going to be those who are a great light. We're going to be those who, who navigate conflict with grace and thoughtfulness. The life of a Christian is the most attractive life, and one of the reasons is because of the way that we can deal with conflict with one another. Amen? Thank you so much for listening to the Kalamazoo Church of Christ podcast. If you're in the Kalamazoo area, we'd love to get connected. Please go to kalamazoo.church and fill in your information to come to a Sunday service or any other event that we have going on. In any case, you'll be hearing from us next week. Come on! Too busy saving souls.